Today we're reflecting on some familiar words, perhaps some words that might even seem like an old familiar friend. Almost everyone, whether religious or not, has heard the 23rd Psalm. It's a poem without peer and has been called the sweetest song ever sung. Abraham Lincoln years ago read it to cure his blues and temperament, and George W. Bush proclaimed it publicly to calm a nation's fears after 9-11. I've used these words on a few occasions. I've read these words aloud as I met with someone who has just heard the news of the death of a loved one. I've read the 23rd Psalm to people in the hospital as they were facing surgery or a difficult illness. And sometimes I've even offered these words to some people that became rather frightened as they heard them read. They were thinking that I knew something that they didn't know and the doctor hadn't yet told them. Sometimes this song is often spoken at a funeral service. And I think some people were thinking if I were saying these words to them, maybe I was getting them ready for their own. Since the words are so familiar, we might be in danger of missing the depths of their meaning, kind of glossing over them. And perhaps because it's set in a world that's so different from our own, with sheep and shepherds, many of us might slide past the richness of the metaphors. Well, Psalm 23 is worth considering. It contains a beautiful portrait of our relationship with God and what God has to offer us. Specifically, there are three things that I want to lift up today from the psalm. First, that God is a good and loving shepherd that provides for us, that guides us, and that protects us. The psalm starts off with a declaration that the Lord provides us with all that we need. Like a good shepherd who cares for the flock in their care, God cares for us. God sees that our wants are taken care of and that we will lack for nothing. God provides us for, provides our nourishment, like the shepherd that makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us beside the still waters. Now, the shepherd described here is interested in more than just keeping the flock fed. The shepherd is committed to providing the sheep with an abundance of good food. The green meadows are luxurious pastures, and not just food, but food that is delicious. And in addition to the lushness of the food that is provided, The shepherd provides the most precious gift that can be found in a dry and desert land, the gift of deep, still, pure water. As a desert dweller, the writer of this psalm certainly knew the value of water. It is water that brings life where there is no life and restores hope when hope has languished. Now, the richness of this imagery perhaps is lost on us today. When we want food, we can simply open up the refrigerator door, pull up to a drive-through window, or even use our smartphones and get an app to get food delivered. And when we want water, we can turn on the kitchen tap or buy fancy water with all sorts of labels, sparkling or still, flavored or pure, filtered, tapped or distilled. But it is a much different thing to live in a place where food is not so plentiful and water is not so easily found. When you don't have these things, you begin to understand their true value. The week after Easter, I took an occasion where there was a little pause in the life of the church to slip off for a couple of days and do some backpacking up in Pennsylvania. I enjoy getting out in the woods now and then and hiking, and it was a nice trip. 
But this time on my trip, I took along a new toy, or rather a new tool with me. I took along a water bag and a water filter system. And what you do is when you're out hiking, you don't necessarily have enough uh, water that you can carry, so you have to find some water along the way. And the water bag, you would fill up in a stream or a lake or even a puddle if necessary. And, of course, the water, by the way you find it, isn't so pure and clean. So you screw on the filter, and then you uh, begin to squeeze the water in the bag through the filter, and it comes out in just a little trickle, and you have to keep squeezing until you finally get enough water to refresh and to rehydrate yourself. And I tell you, when you've been hiking for a while, and you get thirsty, and you do all that work to get the water to come out, it tastes pretty good you begin to appreciate just how valuable water can be. Well, the psalm makes it clear that God is the source of those things that we truly need to have a rich and abundant life. God is our provider. In a cemetery in England, there's a pair of matching gravestones side by side that mark the final resting place of a husband and wife. The first stone, in addition to all the information, has this inscription, She died for want of things. And alongside this gravestone is the other that matches it, which reads, He died trying to give it to her. The psalmist declares that all we truly want and need in life is already available to us in God. God shares with an open hand. God cares for us and provides us what we truly need. The testimony in Psalm 23 is that God is there for us, and God provides, whether it's our physical needs or our emotional needs or our spiritual needs. We can be content in every circumstance when we look to God because of the good that God provides. That's the first quality that the psalmist points to. Here's the second quality. God not only provides for us, God offers us guidance and direction. The psalmist tells us, that the shepherd leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, we don't know too much about sheep, I suppose, in our modern days, but I do know that sheep are prone to stray. My great-aunt in Norway used to keep sheep, and she would explain that often they had to go out and find the sheep because they tended to focus on just where what was right in front of them, the patch of grass, the few companions on either side. And bit by bit, as they moved forward, looking for that next bite of grass, they would wander away, and they would easily get into trouble. And so they had to be brought back and and guided in the right path. Well, I think the psalmist is telling us that we're a bit like sheep, that we can get caught up in the challenges and the difficulties and the things that we do from day to day. And along the way, we lose direction. We lose our way. We can wander off and get into all sorts of trouble. But as we submit to the guidance of our good shepherd, the Lord, we find that God leads us into the paths of right living. God guides us into those paths that enrich us and bring us a full and abundant life. That God can bring us hope and also some larger significance to our days. God guides us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's interesting that word used for path here. The word refers to a well-worn and well-defined trail, 
a way to get from one place to another. Since the experienced shepherd knows the trails and the best way to travel, he or she can guide the sheep where they need to go. And God also longs to lead us in those paths of righteousness. God wants to guide us where we need to be going, where we need to be. There was a time when a famous scientist was going out on a train ride to an out-of-town engagement. The conductor stopped all, you know, was going through the, the train car and stopping to punch the tickets of all the passengers aboard. And the conductor came by this scientist who was preoccupied with his work. And when the conductor arrived, he started to look for his ticket, but he couldn't find it. So he searched his pockets. He rummaged through his briefcase. He got up and looked at the seat to see if maybe it had fallen out of his pocket. He couldn't find it. Well, the conductor knew who this famous passenger was. He was willing to overlook this absent-mindedness, the absent-mindedness of this scientist this one time. And so he said, Sir, I'm sure you bought the ticket. Don't worry about it this time. Just make sure you keep track of your ticket on your next journey. And then the conductor went on to care for the other passengers. Before the conductor moved on to the next car, he looked back and saw that this same famous passenger was now down on his hands and knees, frantically looking underneath the seat, trying to find that lost ticket. The conductor came back and said, Please, sir, don't worry about it. I know who you are. The scientist looked up and said, I know who I am also. I just don't remember where I'm going. Well, the truth is, we often forget where we're headed. We go about our lives stumbling from one crisis to the next, one concern to the next. We may have no clear sense where it is that our final destination would be. And we need guidance and direction along the way. And God, as our good shepherd, provides us with just this. God invites us to encounter the Lord in the Bible as we read the scriptures, as we spend time in prayer, as we gather with others for worship. God also provides us with the church so that we might have companions who can help us find the right way. Without such direction, we could easily wander off and become lost. But as we submit to the guidance of the good shepherd, God will lead us in the paths of righteousness, paths of right living. God provides for us. God guides us. The third thing that God offers us, according to the psalmist, is protection. God protects us. There was a first grader who stood in the front of his class, and he wanted to respond to the question, what are you going to be when you grow up? Well, the boy was ready to give an answer, and so he spoke up with enthusiasm. I'm going to be a lion tamer, and I'm going to face down fierce lions. I'm going to walk right into that cage, and I'm going to tell them to roar, and they'll roar and jump through the hoop, and they'll jump through the hoop and tell them to swat their paws, and they'll do just that. Then the boy paused for a moment thinking about something he had just said, and then he decided to add something more. Of course, I'll have my mommy with me. Well, friends, any danger we might face becomes less daunting when we find that we do not have to face it alone. That's the third promise of this psalm. Not only does God provide for us, not only does God promise to guide us, but God also promises to offer us protection. No matter what we may face, we have the confidence that God will be with us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, why does the psalmist say that? How can the psalmist be so 
free from fear? Well, he goes on to tell us, For thou art with me, the shepherd will be with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See, that's a promise that God is here for each of us and with us in difficult situations. God is not only present in the times of green pastures and still waters, but God is also present as we journey through the valley of the shadow, the very places we are most afraid to go. God stands with us and protects us, and does so in at least three ways. First, God protects us from the fear of death. In verse 4 we read, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The picture that's presented by this Passages of a shepherd leading the sheep through a place as the evening is coming on. As they go through perhaps a rocky ravine or a narrow gorge, the long shadows begin to cross the path. And the sheep have to walk in areas where the light is not so clear. And the shadows can frighten the sheep. You know, it's at dusk that predators are most active. Bears and lions and other things can take cover among the rocks and wait to ambush the sheep that come along the way. It is in this time and place of danger that the flock is most vulnerable, and it's up to the shepherd to get the flock safely through to the other side. And notice that important word, through. The psalm uses that word. The place of evil and fear is not the final destination. The sheep don't have to stay there. They're just passing through to something on the other side. Through the gloom, there is greater glory on the other side. So God protects us from the fear of death. Second, God protects us from the fear of our enemies and what they might do to us. In verse 5, we read, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The image here is shifted from a flock of sheep wandering in the wilderness to a banqueting hall. Notice that God is the one who has provided this banquet, a feast for his beloved to enjoy together, and that this feast also includes the writer's enemies. Enemies are not defeated. They're not wiped out and eliminated. They still exist, and they're present at this banquet. But guess what? They're no longer a source of fear. One can eat and enjoy the food in the presence of one's enemies because of the protection that the shepherd offers The shepherd is busy doing the shepherd's job. The third way that God protects us is to say that God protects us by replacing our fears with a sense of trust and the assurance that God will be with us. The trust that Psalm 23 radiates is not a naive, childish kind of trust. The psalmist is honest and doesn't shy away from the challenges of life. He doesn't point to a simplistic trust that ignores or overlooks conflict and fear. Clearly, the author is familiar with pain and loss and adversity. But the author also knows what it is to be safe, to know that God is present and that God will see him through whatever it is that he must face. That's a trust that lies on the other side of a life spent dealing with disappointment and complexities. A trust that is borne out over time and experience. The writer of this psalm declared that no matter what the danger might be, the shepherding God remains at our side. The difficulties of life are not blotted out. The valley of the shadow of death is not taken away. 
but we can trust that our journey does not end in the valley and that we might know that God goes with us and that there is glory on the other side. Now, when you think about this psalm, sometimes the words describe how we experience God ourselves, how we experience God's provision and God's guidance and God's protection. Other times, the words may be a reminder of what God has done for us in the past. And sometimes the words may be a cry for help when we need to have the sense that God can offer these things for us. In such times, the words can be a prayer. The words point us to a deeper trust in the one who stands as the good shepherd for us all. I want to conclude with a story about a banquet that was held many years ago. Attending this banquet was a renowned actor who was asked to give a recitation before the meal got underway. At the appropriate moment in the program, he rose and he recited the 23rd Psalm. He did so with drama and eloquence. And when he finished, the crowd applauded his performance. The meal was just about to get underway, but at that precise moment, there came an interruption to the carefully planned schedule. Another voice was heard. It was not from up in the front at the podium, but rather the voice was heard from somewhere out in the crowd. It came from an elderly, gray-haired gentleman who rose to his feet, and he spoke out loud, My name is Reverend Tom Rawlings, he said. I'm a hundred years old today. I would like to say something, if I may. Well, out of reverence for this man's age, and since he was a man of the cloth, everyone in the crowd obliged to give him a chance to speak. And Reverend Rawlings took a deep breath and began to speak. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He spoke the six verses of this psalm, and then with some evident emotion, he finished and sat down. In that moment, the hall was completely silent. Not a noise could be heard except the hushed sounds of some teary eyes all around the room. He had clearly touched many, many people. And the difference between these two men who spoke could not have been more clear. When the evening was over, the actor, shocked by the response that the older man had received, went and spoke to him directly. Sir, I have been an actor for nearly 30 years, and I have never received a response like I just saw here today. We both said the very same words. We spoke the psalm. What makes you so different from me? The old man raised his eyes to look at the actor and reply, Son, you quoted the 23rd Psalm. You know the words of the Psalm, and you know them well. But I know the shepherd of the 23rd Psalm, and that makes all the difference. Friends, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life as we come to know and trust the Lord, our shepherd, and together we shall dwell in the house of the Lord all our days. Amen.